title of a book about worship is called A Royal Waste of Time. A Royal Waste of Time. If you think about it, I mean, what are we really doing? We sing some songs, we, we hear from an ancient book, some chick or dude gets up and talks about it like they think they know something about it. We, we pray, you know, I mean, it, it, it seems sort of frivolous and silly. I mean, we could be, I mean, just think about if we just counted the number of people in here, let's just say there are 100 people in here and we're spending an hour here, that's 100 hours, 100 hours. We could be, my dad would say, we could be out doing something productive, Right? I mean, if you, if you think about it from a very pragmatic sort of standpoint, worship seems very frivolous and almost wasteful, in a sense. And yet, and yet, it's at the center, it's at the center of everything that we are about as a people and as a community. It's the center of everything that we are about as a people and as a community. And so we continue to do it, don't we? We continue to have worship. I mean, if you said to somebody, we're just going um, to go serve people, we're not going to worship anymore as, as a Christian community, I mean, that would be your last day, right? Because there's something about it. There's something about it, even when it feels like a waste of time. There's something about it that sets that time apart from other times in our lives. Being set apart, that's what the translation of the word holy is. We believe this is a holy time. It's a time set apart specifically for this purpose. Specifically to draw us together from being individuals, from always thinking about I, 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 to beginning to think about we, to beginning to think about us as a community, but as a community that comes together to remind ourselves that we or I am not the most important thing. We set this time apart to worship God for who God is and what God has done. To remind ourselves that God, that, that God is the most important thing in our lives, or at least to try to reassert that in our lives if we have forgotten throughout the week, which is really easy to do. It's a time where God's Spirit, at least we hope, where God's Spirit meets our spirit. Where we come together and we are opened up to what we believe God wants to show us on that day. And I know what it's like. I mean, I've led worship, you know, I've been up in front probably between 45 and, and, and 52 Sundays for, gosh, almost 20 years now. And, and, and it's, it's as a leader, as a worship leader, and I, and I think Jennifer can tell you too, it, it's, and probably the band too, it's hard to worship when you're up front leading because you're worried about is this happening? Is that happening? Are we on time? Is the next song going to come off? Is Mike going to go flat on that song? I mean, what, you know, what? <laughs> Sorry. I got a button in my shirt. Oh. Sorry. 
This shirt is not behaving. The last time I was up here, it was all untucked, remember? I, like, again, Frederick Buechner, this is a great point, time for this. Frederick Buechner says, if there's not some joy and foolishness uh, thrown into worship, then we may as well go do something useful. I really like that quote. There's not some joy and foolishness. I mean, I don't know, have you ever been to a worship service where it was so serious, you were like, come on, people. You know? I mean, for me, I've all, I've, I say to our worship leadership and to our elders all the time, worship ought to be about life. We ought to laugh. We ought to cry. You know, we, we, ought, to, we, ought, to, we ought to be lifted up. We ought to have joy, and, and we, ought to, we ought to look sorrow in the face sometimes. We ought to come face to face with our own brokenness, but we also ought to come face to face with what God says about us, which is that you are beautiful and beloved and you have been set apart. You've been set apart to, to worship me, but also to serve me. Frederick Buechner also says that worship is serving God. Worship shouldn't replace serving God. We, 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 we ought to be. Worship ought to, ought to create an environment where we we, we realize that, that God is first and foremost in us, and then we are charged up in a sense, or we, are, or we are set apart in such a way and challenged to be sent out to be the people of God in the world. That we don't just come here to get some sort of, some sort of refill, but we come here to give of ourselves in this space, in this place. I know so many people, will, you know, they'll, they'll switch churches, and they'll go, well, I just wasn't being fed there. I wasn't being fed there. I wasn't getting filled up there. Well, my question to them always is, well, what were you bringing to the table? What, how were you preparing yourself for worship? I mean, it took me years to sort of begin to figure that out, that if I created an environment for myself where I was preparing my heart and mind to, to be open to what God was doing in that worship service, it changed the experience for me. It changed the experience for me. I had to let go of some of my own control, which, you know, the band and the elders around here know that that's really difficult for me, especially when it comes to worship and how things go. Like, I want them to go a certain way. Very, very anal about that in sometimes not good ways. But we want to open that up. We want to open ourselves to what God would have for us today. And, and God, how can you use me? In this worship service, how, how can I bring everything that I am and, and, and everything that you say about me into this worship service that I, that I might be filled? Worship is one of those spiritual disciplines, and it's one of our marks of discipleship that, that we're striving in here at Westminster, and it's the first one, Worship Weekly. Worship Weekly. Whether that's here at Westminster or somewhere else, to find a way, find a way to worship every week. Gather with a community of people. We have a family in the church that they, they were gone. Um, they, they, they went out um, to Arizona where I think the, their parents have a place and they were there over a weekend and they decided instead of trying to find a congregation to, to go to, they just went out into the, into the hills around where they were staying and, and the four of them had a worship service. You know, they read scripture and they, and they prayed together and they sang and they, they shared with one another. I mean, they found a way to worship weekly, even if it wasn't with the community that they were with. They, they found a way to do that. And of course, I mean, traveling around the country this past year, we, we, we tried to worship every week. I will say the pastor took some time off from weekly worship. But 
practice because there were, there were times when I get up on a Sunday morning and I'm not real excited about going to worship. <laughs> Confession's good for the soul, they say. I just did. I mean, we have a, I, I, think, I think that person might be in this room. We had an elder tell me one time, I say more unholy things to my children on Sunday morning than I do on any other morning. <laughs> just trying to get them out the door, you know? I mean, it's not easy. Worship isn't supposed to be easy, but it's, but it's not easy to, to, to feel like this is something that's important and valuable. It's easy to be the thing that just gets shoved off the list. And people tell me all the time, boy, if I miss two Sundays in a row, I may not go back for a month. But there is something about the ritual and the discipline of it that gives life. It's sort of like having a morning routine. I don't know if you have one, and if you don't, you need one. My morning routine goes something like this. I fall out of bed. I go downstairs, and I turn the coffee on. I do my business in the bathroom, and then I, uh, I read, um, I, I journal. I read some highlights of the news for about five minutes, and then I go to meditate. And then I do something physically. I do either some stretching or I do a full workout, whatever that is. And then I, I shower and I, get re- I do my to-do list and then I go to work. Generally, I do that every day. It doesn't take that long, hour and a half. Hour sometimes. But when I do that, I've set myself up to be a much more patient person, to be a much more open person to be much more ready to receive whatever it is that comes my way that day. The day could just go, you know, off the cliff after that. But I know I've already set my day up. I've already laid a foundation. And that's what I think about worship for our week, in a sense. When we, worship is is a spiritual discipline that helps to move our faith from our head to our heart. It's a spiritual discipline that helps move our faith from our head to our heart to our heart. It helps make it real. It helps get it into our body in a different way, especially if we come to it and we are really giving ourselves into that worship service. And I know for some of us, it's harder to to sort of get into the worship thing. I mean, a lot of worship is very much designed for extroverts, you know, we're supposed to be clapping and raising our hands and all that sort of thing. And for many people, that's not it. There's time also for silence and for meditation, to be thoughtful, to be, to be ruminating on, on what it is that God is calling you to be and to do in that worship service. Worship, in some sense, just like it's a spiritual discipline, just like um, we, think about, we think about giving or tithing, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. When you bring your body and your mind and your spirit and your soul to worship, and you're lifting it up before Almighty God, then your heart and your soul and your mind are before Almighty God. Where your treasures are, your heart will be. So sometimes, when you, I think about when I come to worship, it's like I'm planting the seed to be where I want myself to be. Maybe I'm not there that day. Maybe I'm not feeling it. But I've placed myself in a position where I want my heart to be. And then I believe that the Spirit, the Spirit can move me into that position. And hopefully then that leads into me wanting then to be the person that God wants me to be. That God challenges me and calls me into that way of being. And so worship is central for us. 
It draws us together from where we've been and it sends us out to where we're supposed to be. It calls us into this community to remind us that we are not alone. That it's not all just up to us individually or in our little families to do the things of God. That God is at work among us and that together we have more power in the Spirit than we do alone. And that the Spirit of God, that we say worship is where God's Spirit meets our Spirit, that it is not just a a Spirit, that it is the Spirit of life. It is the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead that meets us here and draws us close to God. That is the God whom we worship. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is the God whom we worship, the God of life. It's a living God one who is active and at work, even when we don't think so, even when we can't believe it, when we look at the news, God is at work in our lives and we are made alive when we walk into the life that God would have for us. And we do that by starting with worship. Communal worship. Communal worship is something... A little bit unique in some ways. I mean, people have done it for ages and ages and ages, but Christians have maintained this communal worship as other, um, other religions have often you know, said, oh, it's all about the individual. And you can come together, but it really doesn't matter. It's about the individual. And so we place a high value on this word. The center of our, of our practice of faith is this worship. And so I just want you to Think about that today. Where is it in your life where God's Spirit intersects with yours? That's worship. And we pray that as we design worship services here at at Westminster, that that we're creating a portal or we're creating what might be called a liminal space. They call those a thin place where where you can really sense the holy. That at some point in time, you might really get a sense that God is present and active here in this worship. But it also takes impetus on your part. You can't just show up with your mind closed. Or you can't just show up going, oh, I don't like what he's wearing today, so I'm just going to whatever. Or the music wasn't to my liking. Ah. You come to give yourself in worship. To honor the God who loves you and who doesn't demand love back. But the God who gave everything for you and His Son and who raised Him from the dead with His Spirit. And that spirit intersects with our spirit, and we call that worship. So may you, on this day, have your heart open. May your faith move a little bit closer from your mind into your heart. May your treasure be where you want your heart to be. And may you know Almighty God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit living and active in your life through worship. Amen.